Hi everyone, it's MJ Marshall with MJ Guiding Others and I'm here with everyone for another uh, topic for the roundtable discussion and oh sorry <laughs> and we're talking about this week we're talking about the inner critic taming the inner critic and also cultivating self-compassion hi everybody i'm natalie delane from nvibe tribe life coaching and uh inner critic mine was on blast the last two months so i'm excited to talk today and share <laughs> Yeah, this is Amy with the Four Elements Healing. I'm really excited to be here. I know I've missed you guys. We haven't gathered for a little bit. It seems like ages. <laughs> Victoria here from Soul Healing Tribe in the Awakening the Healer Within training program. Super excited to be here. Can't wait. Who wants to start off? So I'll go. So we're discussing um, the inner critic and, and practicing self-compassion, which it's just such an important thing to do. You know, we're so quick to, to come down on ourselves. And a lot of us are very well versed in like non-judgment and being really open to um, so many different perspectives and different um, situations from others. But we don't have that same patience and love towards ourselves uh, in so many different areas. So I think it's just such a, such an important thing to delve into and to realize the value of that. And I love what you just said that we are, as facilitators, we're good at helping others with certain topics, but we're not good at taming our inner critic, right? Like how we're not always the best at doing that to ourselves. And I want to talk to that every single one of us humans has an inner critic, right? Like that little voice that's in our head, it's critical, it's judgmental, it's mean, it's not the nicest voice that we have in our head, but every single one of us has it. So I don't want anyone listening to be like, well, is it just me? It's not. It's all of us. Um, and we all get to look into that. Yeah. And, and I think something to point out is like some of this inner self-talk, it's not even ours, you know, it's like, there's so much that comes from like wounded wounded parts of us and, and other people's voices of what, who we should be, who, the way we're supposed to act. So it's just, it's such, there's such a nuanced thing. I believe for me, for myself, when I experienced my, uh, my uh, spiritual awakening, what happened was that inner critic was super loud because I believe that the need for perfectionism had to take place like that's all I saw was all of my flaws and it was building anxiety right and it wasn't until recently that I had to decide that it was important for me to go easy and working with some of my clients I have to show them the same thing because sometimes we can definitely see it in other people but we can't see it in ourselves so with my clients I let them know hey you know it's okay because a lot of us come with some type of abuse, um, especially the clients that I work with, they come with some type of verbal abuse, physical abuse. Um, and we have to have some type of compassion for ourselves, not to be so hard on ourselves. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, the way that I see the inner critic, for me, it comes up with 
when I have very big goals and then it's like, whoa, all your horses here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you're talking again. So <laughs> and that's when I notice it the most when I have like things that for me 10 years ago would be like, whoa, that's a lot. And now that it's closer to that um, goal and I'm almost there, then it comes up with, hmm, I don't know if you can really go forward. What about if you, if it's too much, if it, and all the ifs, right? So it comes up um, in the ifs, but what if this happened and that happens? So it's interesting because like you all say, it's so easy to recognize it in others, right? We're so good at recognizing in others. And when I see some of my clients, they, they're like, like I see them and I'm like in awe that I get to work with these people because they're so amazing. And I'm like, wait a minute, like what part of them comes up with some of these restrictions, like high power women, very powerful, um, very, if he's a spiritual person, he's just so powerful in the spiritual realm. And there is always that little thing that says, I don't think you can do that. Or I don't think you deserve that. Or what, remember when this happened and you fail, remember when that happened and everybody else was against it. So it's always that reminder. And that reminder comes with a lot of different shadow aspects, like Melvi said. So I just find this topic very interesting. And the whole idea to see it with self-compassion it's hard for us because the inner critic is like this fight between the two of them, like, right? So it's like, dee, 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 dee. yeah, and forward. Yeah, and like you, you're saying, like you're thinking those things about these other pe- beautiful people that you're surrounded with. But the funny thing is, a lot of them are seeing this in you, and they're feeling that about themselves. It's it's so. Yeah, and we don't. And and another thing, I notice it a lot in the spiritual community because there's so much self um we're really hard on ourselves like oh this person's more awakened than I am or they're further down the path you know there's so many there's so much pressure um even within the community to just be um yeah advanced and that causes a lot of like inner negative self-talk it's funny it's one 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 so that's confirmation for you I think in the spiritual community the the biggest fight that we have once we conquer some of our ego death, right? Like once we go through that, it's also the no competition. Like we don't have to compete with each other. And I think I'm actually pretty okay with that because I like you're in, a, I see you in, with so much light, right? Like I don't, I want you to have three, four times more than me, right? Because that means that I did a good job. So for me, it's the opposite where I'm, I want you to, and I don't really care about what I have because to me, it's not that important. I think as I grown, it's like, as long as, as long as I'm happy, present and connected to, to everybody, I can feel your power. And therefore I can also feel it within me, right? Like it doesn't have to be outside. Right. Yeah. Something you mentioned earlier, Victoria, was like that little battle between ourselves and that inner critic. And that is so real. Like, so it's that mental commentator. So that's how I see it. Like this critic that we have, it's a commentator. It's evaluating all the things we're doing, all the things we're not doing, how we're showing up. Do we do, do we talk enough? Do we talk too little? Like it's literally a commenter going on in your brain. So like that battle war, whatever you want to call it between ourselves and that critic can get tiring. And if we 
the reason I'm excited to talk about it today is because if we don't start to become aware of that inner critic, it'll win, right? It'll constantly win and you'll constantly be hearing all these negative judgmental things instead of trying to learn how to shift it. Um, and a lot of times with my clients, that's the first thing I do with a lot of what I do is all awareness, but like, hey, you know, is this really what you're thinking or your voice? Or is this like your inner critic or an external factor that became the inner critic that's going on? Like, let's explore that. What's really, really going on here and helping them get to that bottom awareness is step one key for me always and for myself. I notice, so for me, I notice when I get super judgy towards others, like, oh, how can she wear that skirt? Oh, wow, look at that bathing suit. Nine out of 10 times, it's because I'm having some issues with that in myself. Like, why didn't I wear that skirt? And why didn't I wear that bathing suit? So for, excuse me, for me, that has become like a light bulb. If I'm becoming judgy, okay, what's going on inside of me that's that's not doing well? And I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, Natalie, because I wanted to, to uh, touch on that as well. I have some clients that are super judgmental. And the first thing I'm thinking is, what's going on with you? Like, what's happened happened to you in your life where you're, you know, saying those things to people? Because it's hardcore judge, judging that they're doing to others. And the the more that I get to to learn who they are, I I can see things about them not being happy with themselves in some form, and they're hiding those things, thinking that other people can't see them. Um, and something else I wanted to mention. My, you know, my family was very, very strict with me, like pushing me to, to do the best that I could, even when I was struggling. So I can constantly hear, you know, all these things, these voices about, you know, uh, okay, I failed and I'm just beating myself up all the time for those things. And it wasn't until I had the spiritual awakening where I was working on that, that the healing part that I started seeing those things like, why am I doing this to myself? You know? So I just thought that was very interesting. And that inner critic, I have quieted down somewhat, but sometimes it's still there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you just reminded me, like somebody said to me, one of my clients said to me, I went to see my family in New York. And one of the things that I didn't really want to um, do is that I, every time that I go, they're always talking about comparing me to the previous version of who I was when the, when I left New York. So I will come back and they will check. They will say things about my weight. They will say things about my business. They will say things about the people that I'm hanging out. And I just didn't want to put up with that, right? So now that I'm going to go home, I'm like, oh, sure. I have to put up with the same thing too. Because <laughs> they do it. People do it in the best, sometimes with the best intentions, they just don't know how to do it. So it feels like they're attacking us, right? Like my father will say, why are you gaining so much weight? But what he means is I'm concerned, right? I am concerned that you're not healthy, right? Because comparing me to before. <laughs> so sometimes we do bring those voices from the different people that we really do care about. And they become just like an extra inner critic. So we may be walking around with 10, 20 different of those little ones. What, what are your thoughts on that? Thousand percent. And what I was going to say too is recognizing what your inner critic says, like the actual words. So for a lot of my clients, it's like, well, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not good enough, or I didn't get enough 
college education or when you start to hear certain words like when you hear a lot of enough in your head that is usually your inner critic and it's like a, oh okay wait but I did go to college and then I did take this course online so like talk to your inner critic right like prove it wrong and that's something that I like to do too with my clients is okay wait so if you're really thinking you're not good enough let's explore that if you're not smart enough but yet you went to law school got the bar and now you're at a law firm so tell me where you're not really smart enough so like combating that inner critic with facts is like one of my favorite ways to help start to bring in that self-compassion because it's hard when we're in it. When when that head is going, it's so hard. But one of the first steps, awareness and then like talking to it is so helpful. Yeah, definitely. Like just really being aware of your thoughts and, and realizing that you're not your thoughts. You know, thoughts are waves of energy and and information that that are there for us to dive into. And um, once you start doing that, then you can start discerning like what's mine, what's yours what part of this, you know, is, is important for me to look into as to why I'm feeling this and, um, and releasing those things that aren't yours, the things that aren't, that you're just hearing someone else, else's opinions. And, and as Victoria said, concerns and fears that aren't yours. It's so important. Yeah. I think when we, if we can, see the inner critic what is the core emotion underneath that critic right that's going to help us guide us to what is the core emotion that we need to heal from because a lot of the time it's attached to feeling worthless so confidence at the core of that there is that feeling of worthlessness right so when we think of that core idea and then we can go back to those specific situations we can do what Natalie's saying, where we go and confront those parts and then they they have it and we have to re-educate the part that is confused because that is what it is. It is confused. Something happened that it misunderstood, right? right? At that point, as a child, it misunderstood what was happening in that moment and he accepted that perception as a new belief and reality. So it becomes eventually that behavior so if we can break it down like that, I'm wondering if you can give us an example or an exercise that you use with yourself or your clients so that those that are listening can um, definitely get something awesome out of this. Well, you know, this is another of those things where the shadow work and the inner child work is so valuable because when you do that, what you're doing is you're you're looking at these things with compassion and you're you're putting light and love into these places where these older parts of you were really just they're trying to protect you they're trying to to save you and and these things served you a lot in the past but right now what you want to do is like make peace with these protector parts of yourself so um that it's another area where that kind of shadow work is just so valuable um something else is also cleansing your aura, um, doing exercises, meditation, and grounding where you're releasing that energy that isn't yours. Um, there's, like I said earlier, you know, there's exactly, yes, Natalie, <laughs> just let it go. It's not mine. But first you have to become aware of it, you know? Yeah, a thousand percent to answer your question and give more examples. I love exercises. It's like my favorite part of my coaching with my clients 
But reframing those conversations that started at childhood and not even always childhood that start when you get when you go home and your father tells you something when you, that person went to New York and her family members like reframing those conversations are so important. And one of the best ways, two ways. First is affirmations. Create new affirmations for yourself. Like maybe and it could be let's use your example, Victoria, that your father says you're gaining weight. Maybe it is I'm enjoying my summer fruits this season. Right. Like I'm enjoying my fullness. I'm enjoying my curves. Like make your own affirmations that feel so good in your body that you believe it. Because I find that sometimes when you use other affirmations, it doesn't have the same effect. But use affirmations that like, oh, yes, you're right. I do love being full in my body. It is summertime. I'm not worried about diets. Right. Embrace that. So reframing the conversation in that way. A second way for me is journaling. And I think, as you just mentioned, it's like part of meditation and also journaling. Get it out. Get it out of your head. I'm not good enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Put it all out on paper. Get it out of your body. It's another way, like Amelvis says, to release. And it's so healthy. Well said. So for me and my clients, what I do is first and foremost, I like to have them discover what is their truth because we live in a society where society, uh, societal conditioning plays a huge role on how people see themselves, culture, um, also religion, even in spirituality. So I like to ask them, what is your truth? And if they don't know, I help them figure it out. Like what makes you happy when nobody else is looking, what makes you happy? And when I can gain their trust and they can tell me these things, then we can start, you know, uh, arranging goals around what it is that they like. Maybe you're hanging around people where you can't be your authentic self. So these things are important for us to, to move forward and for myself as well. Yeah, I think there's so many different exercises and modalities, healing modalities where release can happen for the person to first understand when that inner critic was developed. Like Natalie said, it could be any time in life. It doesn't have to necessarily be five, six, seven years old. Sometimes it's even before we're born. I had a client that there was a lot of feeling of hopelessness and feeling like she couldn't really do what she needed to do. And it was before being born, before coming into the womb of the mother um, in between lives. Can you imagine that? Like, how do we identify that from a consciousness, human perspective, unless we go into the past and, you know, we, we know there is no past, but anyways, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> so, my point is that there is so many different ways find a technique or a tool, so many different um, options on YouTube even. So in hypnotherapy, we have a lot of different tools that we can use. And one of them is to play like a child. So when we play like a child, we can identify some of the things. Oh no, I, ca I cannot do that because my little brother has to play with that toy or whatever it may be, right? So the could be feelings of jealousy there, competition and so on. So playing and sometimes becoming, going back, allowing yourself to become that child can reveal so many things because we're not talking from the adult, we're talking from the five, four, seven years old. Yeah, I mean, it sounds so good, Victoria. Um, 
And getting deeper into the self-compassion part of our conversation, like we talked a lot about like what the inner critic is and, and how we deal with that, but shifting from that into self-compassion takes time. So keep trying. But one of my favorite ways is being in gratitude. So think about the things you do have, do that who you really are, talking about what MJ say, what your truth is, your authentic self, like tapping into the things you are already, right? Like I own my home. I love my home. It can be simple. It can be my teeth are straight. I did Invisalign. It can be, I just finished an exam and I, whatever it is, like be grateful about it. Like gratitude is such an amazing emotion and feeling. And that'll start to build your self-compassion over time. It takes practice, like most of the things we talk about on this podcast, but really tapping into gratitude to me is a fantastic way to start becoming self-compassionate. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I would add to add is that we tend, like we all say, to be very compassionate with others, our child, right? Like family, friends, work colleagues. We tend to be like Mother Teresa with everybody else <laughs> except ourselves. So if we're having one of those moments, one of the things that we can do is let's project that out. Let's inst- Picture all of these issues that you have and put it on somebody else that you appreciate. What will you say to that person? Mm-hmm. And just projecting out that, um, because sometimes we can all say, I'm sorry to ourselves. Like we have such a hard time forgiving ourselves that there is no, like sometimes the people are trying to say that during the session, it's like, it's not coming out again. <laughs> you say, project it out to somebody else. Oh, I forgive you. <laughs> so true. I'm sorry and I forgive you hard to say to yourself so true yeah I love that um yeah you're right it's like anyone else we'd be so we'd be like what are you talking about so so good anybody else has any tips on how to develop more self-compassion with ourselves well another thing that I like to do is um I know Natalie mentioned journaling but um, it, it doesn't have to be like long, just when you find yourself caught up in this like trap, this loop, um, you can write, just take a few minutes, write down like, why do I believe that? Um, and then at one or two answers, and then where did I get that? Just kind of diving in and that way you can start seeing maybe patterns. And then as you, um, after you're done with answering those questions, you can try to ask yourself, like, how does my higher self see me? Like, does my, would my higher self agree with these thoughts that I am, or these feelings that I'm having about myself? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a beautiful message. I mean, obviously, I think we definitely need to have a conversation on higher self because, mm-hmm. you know, we think it's outside of us, but it's deep within us, right? So when we start operating from the higher self perspective, we can embrace compassion for ourselves because we know better, right? And we can feel it. Like we can actually right. feel that energy within us. That I connection. Too. I feel different when I'm connected to my heart. It's just like a yummy, ugh. So yeah, for sure. And then Melvis, I even take it one step further when just writing down things on paper. I tell some of my clients, take that paper, throw it in the garbage, burn it. I give it to a bird to fly. Like, <laughs> it sounds silly but doing so no. physically like oh this this little thing okay garbage bye like it feels so good to say I don't need those thoughts inner critic 
you're here, I see you, but I don't need you right now. It's so cathartic to do something physical like that. So I love what you said that. Yeah, it makes a big difference because mm -hmm. what we're doing is, is that we are consciously saying goodbye to this. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. So it's, it's, there is empowerment in that. And sometimes I tell the clients, um, depending on what we're working on, especially, especially if we're doing more spiritual programming, is to bury that, whatever it is, depending on what they're working on. So you transmute it with any of the elements. And sometimes the earth, just doing that ritual, it's like separating consciously from that, whatever it is that is holding so a lot of the time it's shame like I am so ashamed that I did this so we burn it to release it or we could bury it if it's something that we want to do in a different way awesome. anything else that we would like to share with the audience no I love everything that was said so many so many tips and remember like guys we all have this inner critic so even the most confident people that you look at and look up to on Instagram and everywhere they have it too, and it's okay to have your inner critic. It's not okay to constantly be believing what your inner critic says, right? And like, you can use any of the tools and suggestions we talked about today. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Ciao. Thank you.